0: Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastia Cruel Dubai. A face that you will see a lot more of on your screens over the next few months, years, hopefully, on the new Racing TV, which launches tomorrow. Kate Harrington joins us. Kate, great to see you.
1: Great to see you too, Nick.
0: And a new chapter for you, I yeah,
1: hope. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to starting with Racing TV on the intramore on the 1st of January.
0: And is that ever something you anticipated or expected?
1: No, really didn't. It wasn't until um, Ian, um, one of the producers here, sent me actually a, a message on Twitter looking for my email in August time. And I was kind of like, what is that all about? And um, he dropped me an email and kind of talk started from there.
0: Obviously, you're a, a hugely recognisable face in, in Irish racing. Your mother, Jessica, has had a... a An amazing sort of autumn to her career. I don't think she, she probably would mind me saying it, but I don't think she'd mind too much. With enormous success on the flat and over jumps, how instrumental a part of you played in that?
1: Um, Mum is the brains of the game. Like I worked through when I finished college, I worked for. I came back home for six months and I don't think I'd quite grown up enough. And mum said, right, you need to go somewhere else. And she's like, do you want to go to Nicky's? And I think I was still a bit of a home bird at the time. And I said, no, 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 I don't think I could go to England just yet. So I um, think I saw Aidan O'Brien walking across the parade and go, well, why don't I ask Aidan to see if he'll employ me for um, a while? And I did. And I ended up staying there for three years. And um, while I was actually down there, my dad got sick at the time, and he passed away while I was there. And I worked there then for about six months after he passed away, and then I kind of thought it was time to come home. Mm. And I've been there ever since.
0: If I said to you, what did you learn at Aidan O'Brien's, we'd still be talking (laughs) in
1: Next week. Exactly.
0: But how did it change your life, that period at Ballydoyle?
1: It was unbelievable. one thing mum said, I think it was my second weekend I had off. So you work one weekend, then one off, one on, one off. And I was arrived up home on the Saturday and mum said, oh, what are you doing tonight? Are you going up to Dublin to see all your friends and stuff? I was like, no, no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Go to bed and having a lie in tomorrow. And mum turned around and said, oh, Aidan O'Brien's not a, just a good racehorse trainer. He's a good trainer of unruly daughters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what is it about, about his regime that's different to everybody else?
1: It's just, I don't think he, keeps think, he really keeps things simple. Routine, 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 um, and just keeps things very simple. Doesn't overcomplicate things. And that's like, if you think too much about, you can overcomplicate yourself, things with yourself if you like, bring all the factors into account, like look too much at the weight, weights of the horses, look too much at what they're eating, and just keep things simple them off their eye and he's every week it's you know if a horse is running on Saturday it will be doing a blow on Thursday and we'll do a coming along on mm. Friday and then it will run on Saturday like he just keeps things simple and like I might have brought a few little things back home when I came back and it's I think since we've I've come back and um, we've had great success and but mum wasn't uh, to a straight su- as a success before that either
0: I just sort of wanted to dig down a, a little bit deeper really and and, and Try and work out what it is about him, the man, that gets the best out of his staff, and why you didn't want to go to Dublin on a, yeah. on a Saturday night. And why you were so motivated think, to work so hard for him?
1: Yeah, um, and. <laughs> I just think he gives a lot. He includes you in the horses. You're, you will get given, say, you'll have three or four horses to ride out and you'll ride them the whole way through, the, most, most of the time, the whole way through the season. And he'll include you. He'll ask you every day how is that horse and how do you feel he is today. And like if you might say, oh, he didn't feel quite so good. He'll go, oh, why? Why do you think that is? And like he'll include you. And just you, you want to do the best you can for him.
0: So, you feel completely enfranchised and a, whole, oh, a, a part of the operation, so you com- really care about you your job? You really,
1: really care about your job. You really want to, like, it's such a kick when that horse wins. and um, If you're riding out a certain horse and it wins, and it's, you get such a kick out of it. And especially because a lot of them would have been competing in such big, big races.
0: So which were the horses that you were associated with that you were the most fond of? Maybe not even household names, but just horses that you yeah, sort of developed um, an affinity for.
1: I was um, lucky enough. I rode out a horse called Imperial Monarch, and mm. um, he um, went to Dubai, and I was lucky enough I got to go with him. And um, there was another horse, um, Indian Maharaja. He was the first one of the first foals out of again. And um, I rode him as a two-year-old, and I loved him. He he won his maiden at Gorin, and then I think he won the listed race at Tipperary after that and he looked like he was going to be a very good horse but he actually got sick after that and I don't think he ever quite filled his full potential and um, but I remember when he won his maiden at and I got such a kick out of it and I think actually Joseph fell off after the line <laughs> if I remember rightly. He'll, he'll thank you for reminding uh, yeah, everybody exactly. of that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But obviously the massive amount of satisfaction you get from just being involved with them on a day-to-day basis, and it, as you say, even a horse that that isn't really part of the public consciousness is very special to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you just, um, Aidan's great in that sense, like, it doesn't matter if it's a guineas horse or it's a horse going to win a handicap in Tipperary on a Thursday mm. at summer afternoon. He'll make you feel like, you're you're associated with that horse and he'll make you feel like it's running in the guineas do you know it's great. he's an amazing person
0: so you went back to to help your mother and things have gone yeah. incredibly well but just take me back before that to pre Aidan o'brien when you were growing up when you were a girl and your mum trained some fantastic horses obviously moscow mm. flyer but so many more did you think then well there's only one path for me really i will end up doing yes. this
1: um actually i didn't growing up during my teenage years i didn't really pay much attention to the resources and it wasn't I was more way more involved in eventing three-day eventing and I actually um, even though mum had done that before as yeah. well um, I used to keep my event horses actually up in Robert Perr's house and yeah. um, with his mum and dad used to train me and I did all that and it wasn't till I rode Moscow Flyer in the charity race at Punchestown that then I suddenly um, suddenly got to ride him and I got the bug
0: what was it like to ride him, I and mean, we're looking at him now enjoying one of his finest hours, but what was, it, what was it like actually being on board a horse of this caliber?
1: I don't think I really appreciated it. He got cheered out of the parade ring. He got clapped on the way to the start. Um, I really, really didn't appreciate And I look back on it now, I'm like, how did mum let a 17-year-old girl first ever ride in a race course get on this champion? And he'd been out of retirement for, been in retirement for a year. He came mm. out of retirement, so I could ride him, uh, to raise money for, uh, for kidney research. Um, and you know, he looked after me. <laughs> I say it that much.
0: I mean, you'd ridden some nice horses. You'd ridden some nice Aventus mm. and some nice race horses. But when you got on him, did it feel like a different experience?
1: Oh, completely, completely. The britches. The britches were so slippy on the (laughs) saddle, like the racing britches, compared to like your normal eventing britches that are cotton. That took me a lot. Like, I was going to the start and I remember I was sliding around the saddle. I was like, there's no grip on them. Um, But getting on Moscow Flyer, it was amazing. Like, he, I'd love to do it again. I wish I could turn back time and do it all over again because I really, really didn't appreciate it. Like, I remember when I turned into the straight and kind of hit the front and I was in in front, and the sound, that was one of the things that really, really got mm. me, the cheer he got that day. And the cheer he got the whole way back into the parade room. I thought it was easy. That's, that happens every time, doesn't it? But it
0: it, it worked, in a sense, didn't it? Because it, it sparked your interest in not only being involved in horse racing, mm. but being an amateur rider.
1: Yeah, big time. Because um, for that Punch Sound charity race, you do have to get out your amateur licence, mm. and then I I had it. So, And it was... Dad um, had a few horses with Peter Creeley and um, that he'd bred. And he said during the summer, mum was like, do you want to ride Helvick Head And I have him in a winner's race in Killarney. It'll be a small field. You might as well ride him. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll go give it a go. I think we finished fourth. And then mum had him entered up then the following week in Robe. And we had the red hot favorite that day. Um, oh, and um, I can't remember his name. Mark Fahi, our amateur at the time, mm. was riding in the race. And um, and I was about a sixty-to-one shot, and um, so we were all. Mark was shouting at me, "Start, Kate, come on, don't get left behind, don't get left behind." I was like, "Okay." Lined up, and it was a, I think it would have been about a twenty-runner field around Ballinrobe, which is quite tight.
0: I mean, I'm, <laughs> Very, looking, for, I'm ba- looking forward. I'm looking forward. Looking
1: forward. Yeah, yeah, you will definitely yeah. go. It's, it's a bit bigger now. The National Hunt track has an outer loop now, but back in those days, you do two and a half rounds like Mm -hmm. it's very very tight and um, I think we went out in the second lap and he was tanking me and I just said oh I can't I can't hold him anymore so I let him go on and with that he actually won we won by half a length (laughs) so I thought I'd had three rides two winners and a fourth but it was easy 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 game easy 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 game
0: what you know now of course is that training racehorses is rather more complex definitely I'd imagine
1: yes definitely
0: and how are you finding that? How are you finding the day-to-day business of being involved in some top-class, high-pressure horses under both codes?
1: It's exciting. It's great. It's a great game when things are going right. It's very difficult when things are going wrong. You then have. You might start questioning yourself: Am I doing the right things? Are the horses Are the horses healthy? And we're very fortunate. The last two years, touch wood, everything throughout the year has stayed healthy and it's it's quite hard with having the two codes because like say this time of year we have the yearlings coming in mm. and they're coming in and they're getting into the environment and then they're getting their coughs they're getting a bit of ringworm and it's very difficult to keep the national hunt horses away from them and not get, let them get the coughs that the yearlings are getting.
0: It's quite interesting because I sort of followed your your mum's career for mm-hmm. for, a, for a long time, and she was always a very good national hunt mm-hmm. trainer. You always respected her, but it, it strikes me it's gone from being a, almost a kind of boutique national hunt operation mm-hmm. with a select few very nice horses to a complete powerhouse <laughs> under both coats. Now, has that happened by accident or by design?
1: Um, I'd say it kind of happened by accident when the recession hit in Ireland. Um, we were lucky, fortunate enough, we got a few good horses from America and uh, um, flat horses and the big syndicates and everything had kind of gone with our national hunt, so we were down on national hunt numbers. So we just started training a few more flat horses, and we had, we had some very, very good horses, like Path Forward, F- Fork Dragon Pulse, mm. Laughing Lashes, um, and then we had, years after, we had Baca um Princess Sinead, I think she was fourth in a, um, Oaks. Like, we had some very, very good horses, and it just kind of built on, and Mum kind of, would train whatever she got given.
0: So it just snowballed from there. Yeah, it wasn't. Really it wasn't something time. she'd set out to no, do. No,
1: no, definitely not. Like we Jack Naylor. She was a filly. She was only bought for ten grand, and she's was fourth in a guinea, second in numerous Group Ones. Like she was a proper filly.
0: Tell me about the influence that your father had on you and and the whole operation.
1: He would a massive influence on me. Everyone everyone's kind of says to me, I'm a mini him. Um, I kind of wish I'd learned a bit more from him. Um, I was lucky enough, I got to learn a lot um, going to the, year, um, to the store sales with him and he taught me a lot and he just, I kind of, I'm probably the person now, I, he used to come into mum and have an explosion every so often so then I think I'm kind of the person that mum then, I get to have an explosion at mum every so often, <laughs> like he does, just to keep her on her toes.
0: So in a sense, you've taken you've taken his, his place, in, yeah, taken in, his in, in more ways than one.
1: Yeah, I love the probably it comes from his genes in me. I love going to the sales and the buying and selling. Um, I just find it so interesting and buying buying horses and then they go on and win and it, you get such a kick out of that as well.
0: They were evidently an, a fantastic team together. Mm,
1: amazing, amazing. Like dad bought Moscow Flyer for was it fifteen thousand um, punts back in the day and like he went on and did amazing things. I wish I could learnt more from him. Every a lot of people I've been going to the full sales recently and kinda of looking at the full saying, God, I really don't know what I'm looking at here and um, people people say to me, Oh, your father was a great judge of a foal. Did you not learn from him? I was like, No, I missed that tutorial
0: Now John Godson's been a guest on this program twice and he he's pretty measured in terms of the praise that he lavishes on on fellow trainers but he singled your mother out as someone he had enormous regard and respect for as someone who's managed to you know do, dominate under both codes or at least be extremely successful uh, under both codes um what is it about her that makes her such an enduring success do you think
1: it's her energy her energy is ridiculous like she could have I could come in in the morning and I'm doing my li- coming in get a cup of coffee in the kitchen and I'm like one, two, three, four, six people for dinner last night, Mum. And, like, she'll be up bright as a button at half seven on the bu- on the nose of, and um, like you heard her there, she rang me just outside wanting to know what we're going to work this week ch- on Tuesday and make sure they're all out today. And just, she's so on the button and on it the whole time. It's amazing. For a woman that's 71 years of age.
0: It's quite extraordinary, the, the way that she sort of has this relentless appetite for for life as mm. well as, as well as for training racehorses. Now I, I found that a lot of people who who've sat in that chair who do train, they just show no signs of stopping. It's amazing the effect that the horses can have on people.
1: Yeah, like I think this year her goal was to win a classic and to try to get a Royal Ascot winner. So she got that. And now she's saying, Right, I need to have um, I want a grand national winner. So it's gone back to the dash so she got it, had her success as a grand national winner. Another classic and a um, big winner in America. I think they're her new <laughs> goals. You wouldn't put it past her, would you? <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. And I keep hearing her muttering now about the Melbourne Cup. I'm like, OK, yeah, we'll find one of them. <laughs>
0: um, no pun intended, but Alpha Centauri's star shone so bright during the season. How how much of a loss was it to you when she
1: couldn't continue her racing career? It was a big loss, but it was. We we're so grateful that she didn't end up breaking a leg or anything on the day in Leopardstown. Like I think it was quite evident when you watched the replay Mm. that you saw her knuckle and scans and x-rays showed after the race she was very, very lucky because there was nothing really holding the ligaments and everything had all gone around the joint. So we're very, very lucky. It's actually
0: quite a serious injury.
1: A serious, serious injury. We're very lucky that she is still here and she's going to be able going to the breeding shed now.
0: I mean, she was a mighty, she is a mighty filly, but she was a mighty filly on the race course as well. Did you always feel from the minute she came into your stable that she was a bit special?
1: Like, as Mum has made know, she got weighed three, four times. (laughs) We then thought the weighing scales was broken because she was so heavy. But she was always such a pleasure to train because there was never any, she wasn't difficult. She went out there, she trotted around, did her canters when she'd know when Column got on her, that was a work morning. Um, like it showed, When she was a two-year-old, um, mm. her first time she went to the Curra was the week before Cheltenham, the year we won the Gold Cup with Sizing John. Um, she went to the Curra that week, and um, I actually rode her, because she was the, quietest, the two, quietest of the two-year-olds. And I remember we were trotting across the um, Curl, which is very open going down to the bottom of Walsh's Hill and I think um, Shane Foley was there and he was turned to me and was like Kate what's that big three-year-old you're riding it looks like a hunter and I go no this is a two-year-old this is two-year-old and um, so I was leading them and obviously the flat jockeys would be a bit lighter than me so she was definitely at the worst advantage and um, I remember we got to the two pole and I just um, said okay we'll just quicken up slightly here left them for dead she was up over the top of Walsh's Hill before I could pull her up. Everything, Mum, I think, came flying up in the car because she thought I'd fallen off or something. Mm. But I literally could not pull her up. And she you just,
0: hadn't really asked her to do no, anything; you just squeezed n- her. In. Just
1: squeezed her. Literally nothing. It was all on the bridle, and she just the stride just went from one pace to just doubling in a split second. Like the length of her stride was just phenomenal. I think that was the last time I got to ride her work.
0: <laughs> it's funny, yeah. I, I talk to a lot of jockeys on this program and elsewhere, and for people who haven't ridden racehorses, it's really difficult to get a feel of what it's like to sit on something that good. It must feel quite extraordinary.
1: It's unbelievable. Like she, yeah, it just it. There's no feeling like it. Like when a horse just is able to turn that gear and take off, it is just phenomenal.
0: This is Ascot. I mean, this is her signature performance. It's not just her signature performance, and James Willoughby's going to be joining us shortly. He said immediately after this race, this is one of the best performances I've ever seen from any racehorse. And everyone went, really? And of course, the clock showed it was, and time showed it was.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Like, for her to break the track record at, Cheltenham on, or at, Ascot on, not Shatton, at Ascot on the Friday was just phenomenal. And. Um, She was something special, and hopefully she can might be able to breed something special. We have her half sister, has just arrived into as a yearling into the yard, so we'll see what she can do.
0: What does she look like? The half sister,
1: not like Alpha. (laughs) Uh, She's by Sea the Moon, and she's a chestnut filly. um, But she seems to she wouldn't be have the size and scope of Alpha. She's a bit more compact, but we'll see what she does. She Mm. seems to be doing everything very very nicely at the moment. Like they're only hacking at the moment, but. She's a bit like Alpha. She's just not. She's going out there every morning and doing her work.
0: Now, Colm O'Donoghue, you would have known from your time at Ballydoyle, yeah. and he's been a huge asset to to your mother, Jessie, over the last couple of seasons. What what are his biggest attributes, and what does he bring to the yard?
1: Um, Colm is a professional. Like he's been, was in Ballydoyle um, all his life, and he just he's a big, big stage, big day jockey on the big day. Like he's unbelievably cool. Like he said and asked, keep things simple. Just keep things simple. He had a perfect posse the whole way. Like he, When he jumped out in Ascot, in Ascot, he could have nipped in behind the leaders, but no, he kept her wide, so he had a clear run mm. the whole way. And like then the same in the Falmouth. He said, just said, best filly in the race. Sure, I'll just jump out there and make the running. And, which she did, yeah. and you can see her the whole way. She's got her ears pricked in the Falmouth at Newmarket, Falmouth at Newmarket um, and she's looking at the camera, the jeep. The tracker. Uh, the, yeah, mm. beside her, and she's just looking at that the whole way. He said she was just doing nothing the whole way.
0: She's lobbing along, lobbing or, of along. course, all the other Group 1 fillies off the yeah.
1: bridle.
0: <laughs> he's got a certain assuredness to him, hasn't he, yeah. Colm? He's, he's got a certain sort of self-confidence about yeah,
1: it. He, he, he's a man of few words. Um, he won't say an awful lot, but he goes out there and gets he always has a plan and he gets things done
0: Now we must talk about sizing John <laughs> Because when he won the Gold Cup it, it looked as though The world was his oyster thereafter. I mean he'd done what he needed to do But he was a young horse, yeah. so it was all gonna happen for him He could come back and win another one mm-hmm. and then, but as so often with national hunt racing It doesn't always work like that uh, mm-hmm. What's the plan with him now
1: plan with him? We um, obviously we missed the his, we were planning for him to start in John Dirk mm-hmm. and we missed that because he had to have a little wind procedure he's back in full work we're very very happy with him uh, hopefully he might get away for a race course gallop this week and plan is Christmas um, Leopardstown um, and I think mum is kind of edging towards going the exact same route as he did the year he won the gold cup mm-hmm. so that will be starting off over two miles taking on footpaths from the sole runs in that race t- taking on all that and then he'll go possibly Kinloch Bray, Irish go Cup and then to Cheltenham.
0: The Kinloch Bray is isn't it? Thurless, yeah. So, um, two and a half miles. Leopardstown, Thurless.
1: Leopardstown, Cheltenham.
0: Perfect. And, and do you still feel, riding him and watching him, that he's got the same sort of ability as he had this day?
1: Definitely. He's really starting to come to form. His head is starting to go when, sorry, when you're going on the gallop and you finish cantering him. And I feel the wind procedure really has. We haven't pressed any buttons yet, but he's just tanking.
0: When you say his head is starting to go, just to, just tell me what you mean. Is that a particular attribute? His swings. His head. Swings.
1: Of, his he, when he's FPs. in good form, his head just swings. He goes like this.
0: <laughs> and that's when you know that he's he's in good up form. For
1: yeah, and he kind of prances along a bit.
0: So he's a bit of a showman. He's oh. got he's got a little bit of something about him.
1: Completely, completely, and um, yeah, he'll start trying to drop me now soon as well.
0: <laughs> and it's interesting you say your your mother wants to start him at, at two miles. In the back of her mind, does she have that grueling race that he had when he won so impressively against Jackadam? It was the John Durkin last year, wasn't it? And yes. Then it, and then exactly. It, and then it started to fall apart.
1: Yeah, he um, then he probably did in the Irish uh, or in the what is it called now, the Savills, uh, Mm. three mile grade one at Christmas, Um, he probably did possibly fracture his pelvis then. And pelvises, as everyone knows, don't really show up. Mm -hmm. And he was right, and then he was wrong, and then he was right, and then he was wrong. We just couldn't really get him spot So you are sort of
0: intermittently lame or Intermittently
1: lame. And they kept saying, oh, it's a muscle, it's a muscle. And it wasn't until the bone started to calcify that it showed up. Um, that it started to heal. That it showed up. That the it was there. Um, but no, he's in great form, and we're hopeful.
0: And do you feel relieved of pressure, if you like, because people have almost forgotten he's there?
1: It's well, a little bit. But you want him to re, like re, re show that he has the ability. Do you know? You really mm-hmm. want him to go back and regain that crown, a bit like Moscow. Like he won the uh, Queen Mother, fell the next year. And then regained his yeah. crown. So you really want him to go back and regain it.
0: And as far as the, the sort of younger brigade of national hunt talent, if you like, are there horses you're particularly excited about this year?
1: Um, yes, there's um, a horse called Magnium. He runs today in a Grade Two hurdle. He's been second twice in two Grade Three hurdles, and I think today is the first day he'll get his ground. Um, there's a few really, a lot of our really nice horses haven't quite got out yet because the ground has been so quick mm. in Ireland, but. Um, it's a long time between now and March, and it's better off having them in the stables healthy and well than having had run them on the quick ground and it an, picked up an injury.
0: Well, Kate, for the moment, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed listening to, to you talking about Alpha Centauri and sizing John and, and the build-up to your debut on Racing TV.
1: <laughs> very exciting.